Echo's Box Podcast is not meant to be or claiming to be a good place for therapeutic advice. The host is not a licensed therapist and is not offering any services or advice related to mental health in a professional manner. The content discussed on Echo's Box is commonly highly explicit due to the real nature of expressing honest emotions. While we don't mean to offend anyone, the reality is these discussions might be triggering to many people. Out of respect for all, please do not listen if this content isn't right for you, and forgive us if you have a poor experience. Keep your brain healthy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Echo's Box. This is episode 12. Uh, you were just listening to Lo-Fi Study by F-A-S-S Sounds. It's a royalty-free lo-fi track. It's pretty chill. Uh, I was having a hard time picking what music I wanted today, but I knew I wanted something chill, and I knew I wanted to uh, avoid any music licensing issues. So that the artist came through. Um, so I appreciate the, the royalty-free music that is out there. It's so much better these days. Uh, so yeah, if you enjoyed that, go check it out um, and, and you know, vibe to it. Today's topic uh, definitely needs some some lo-fi chillness, though, because we're going to be talking about um, loneliness. So loneliness is a topic I'm sure I've covered at least twice on on the shows already. I'm probably in the depression episode, probably in the first episode, um, if I can recall correctly. But it, it really does deserve its own episode because it's a big feeling. <laughs> it's a really big feeling, and it's an important feeling in, in what I experience. And so I just wanted to dedicate a good chunk of time to talk about my experience with it and share that with you all and kind of just go from there uh also i'm trying to you know put out episodes on a somewhat regular schedule you guys know how i do already but uh i'm back from vacation and i'm all healed up from any kind of weird sinus issues for the most part uh so yeah i want to just kind of put some stuff out there i will have some more guests coming up here uh hopefully really soon i've got a couple good people in mind uh that are that are close to me that i kind of want to start with as long as they're open to it uh, and we'll just kind of go from there and see what's up. But we do have some housekeeping items before we hop in here. Uh, the biggest thing is if you're not following us on TikTok already, please do. It's Echoes Box on TikTok or Echoes.box on TikTok. And um, it's it's going to be a big medium for a lot of new content and promotional stuff that we're doing for the podcast just to garner more listeners and really kind of push this message of shared experiences out there. Uh, to the rest of the the world and the internet because that's the age we live in and that's the ball game I got to play. Um, now, if you're already following us on Facebook and Instagram, uh, a lot of that content will be basically duplicated there from TikTok, but TikTok is going to be the source of a lot of it. So we're doing two big things. One, I've started a, a comic strip series and it's called Esoterica. And it's, I'm not an artist <laughs> by any means. So it's a little crudely drawn wizard themed comic. Uh, and it's... Uh, based around one of two things. It'll either based around, be based around what happens on the episodes here, like either telling a story of the overarching theme of an episode or maybe talking about or reimagining a story that was told uh, from the podcast. But it's also there for me to tell stories that I'm not telling on the podcast because um, there may be things I never get to. They're just not relevant enough for the podcast, but maybe they are rev- relevant enough for the message of uh, the overall Echoes Box, I guess, mission, if, if you were to call it that. So... Uh, those are going to mostly originate on Instagram as the comics first and then propagate elsewhere. But what we're doing on TikTok is we're taking a deeper dive. So I'm going to take those comic strips and kind of panel by panel do an analysis of what is actually going on and talk about why uh, 
these different scenes and portrayals of these events are relevant because they stand on their own uh, in terms of storytelling. But I want to kind of just get a little bit more personal with it and talk about uh, some meaning behind the shared experience without having to dive into a full half hour to hour and a half long podcast episode about each and every one. So it'll just be nice snippets of content that you can go and get a deeper message from outside of the podcast itself. In addition to that, though, you all know now by now, hopefully, that I have a book that'll be coming out this year. Uh, no official release dates, nothing. I can't, I cannot promise anything other than the book is done uh, and I'm waiting on some art and I've got one more uh, editing phase, but um, it, it's, it is done and I'm super excited for that. And one of the things I'm going to be doing on TikTok while we're waiting, since I can't provide an official date for anything yet, uh, is I'm going to be going through each section of the book and basically laying it out. So by the time the book comes out, there will be a small little accompanying video series out there on TikTok and Instagram that will uh, guide you through the book, basically. We won't go super in-depth to everything, but I want to talk about each section of the book, what the purpose of each thing is for, expound on different things, like if there's a crazy weird ritual in there, you know, the full definition of, of things will all be defined well within the book with plenty of context and plenty of references, but just in layman's terms, why the hell did I put this in a book? Why does this matter for you? How does this help if you're trying to try this stuff? Uh, so building up to the launch of the book, all that kind of content will be on TikTok. And in addition to those two things, I'm going to be posting little podcast snippets. So if you're already listening to a podcast, you may not care too much about that. That's mostly just to promote the podcast, but uh, all that will be out there. So please, please go follow us on TikTok if you're not already. And uh, of course, follow our other social medias as well. On the note of, you know, social media bullcrap and promotions, don't forget we have an email inbox. You can totally write into us about any kind of topics you want us to cover or talk about, any kind of guests you want to have on. Uh, and I'll honestly try my damnedest to, to get it all sorted. I don't mind putting in the effort if it's what people want. Um, and I definitely want to hear more about what you want to hear. Remember this, this podcast, it starts with me because it's my idea and I'm the host and all that kind of stuff, but it's not about me. I'm just one of the vessels kicking off this whole shared experiences thing. I want to bring in other people and other experiences. I do not know everything. Jesus Christ. I don't even think I want to know everything, but I have survived and been through a lot. So I know what I'm providing is at least one lens of context that that can be beneficial but it's not the only one and my path is not the all right path because i'm still sorting crap out and you know as we dive into that day i hope you can kind of see more of that in my transparency with how i feel uh in regards to loneliness so let's let's kind of dive right in um so loneliness takes a lot of shapes and forms um and i believe i've talked about it a bit with depression before how i get lonely um, in my own mind, like I could be surrounded by people, but I'll disassociate and be lonely. Um, but one of the things that I've realized over the, over the last couple of years, working through therapy, going through the pandemic stuff, um, even after things began to get better and I began to have more friends and I began to go out and do things socially again, um, at the end of each and every day, the, what weighs on me the most is I come home to an empty home and it's just me and I have to idle with my thoughts and figure out what what to do and how to progress and how not to get lost in this empty lonely feeling and yeah my dogs are here and I don't want to dismiss them by any means but it's it's not the same in fact I think I expressed in therapy last week I said you know part of me is like 
I'm cool being by myself. I'm stupid independent. I've got things figured out for the most part. And I don't want my house like filled with people all the time either. Like I want my space, but it'd be kind of nice to just come home one day and whether it's a really good friend that maybe is a roommate or maybe it's a partner, um, you know, it'd be nice to just walk through the door and see somebody else smiling and enjoying and sharing the same space that I'm in. It's just heartwarming to me. That's something I like and I value in life and I've never like truly had it. Like I've had a roommate at one point and you know, he's, he's still one of my best friends ever. I love him to death. Um, but that's just not our dynamic. We were both kind of like, kind of did our own things. And, uh, when it was time to hang out, we watched anime, played video games and hack shit. And it was great. Uh, I love living with him. It was great while it lasted, but, um, you know, times change. In my, in my case, my relationship ended, uh, my parents needed to sell the house I was running from them. And, uh, I needed to just get the fuck out. <laughs> it was just my time to, to start figuring all that stuff out. Um, so, you know, um, but even that experience wasn't quite the same. And I've never had, like, even when I had some of these partners in the past, you know, we're not living together most of the time, even, even my super long relationship, because we were high school sweethearts or whatever, you know, we lived right down the road from each other and we were both trying to just build our own selves up to be more independent. And I had made it that far, but she was still kind of catching up a little bit and it just wasn't time yet. And there were a lot of obstacles that go into that. Some of my fault, some of hers, some of them are completely out of our hands. Uh, but it all just didn't work out. That's the main point. And it turned into the life I have now. And I don't even necessarily want a roommate. Um, so I guess that leaves my only option logically to be like a partner or something. But um, I don't know. Maybe if I had like a really close friend that I hung out with all the time anyway, maybe that would be okay. But... I I don't exactly know what's going to satisfy that longing that I don't know what whose smile is on that face when I imagine it in, in kind of my mind's eye, so to speak, when I think about what would make me feel better, feel a little less lonely at the end of the day. And it's like, well, to see somebody else smiling and enjoying my space when I come home, that's one thing. But I don't really have any other details for what that looks like or how to get there or anything like that because I mean I could date around all I want and and try to build that but if it's not genuine then you know I'm not gonna just date around and start inviting people to stay at my house all the time and want to get to know them first and it's it's painful um so what what that ends up being is even though I have one loose idea of something that could help uh, it's not something that's achievable right now and even if it is achievable, it doesn't guarantee that I won't ever not feel lonely. Like what happens when that person just isn't around for that week? Maybe they go on vacation. Maybe they've got work and I still come home and I'm by myself and I have to idle with my thoughts for another 12 hours. What the hell do I do with that time? How do I not make myself more sad or more insane? Um, and that that's just kind of the, the state I live in right now. I come home and it's me. And... Every mirror I look in, every sound I hear, every every time I analyze my own space, I just don't quite feel comfortable. Um, 
there's two modes of thought here too. So I'm going to, I'm going to take it down a spiritual lens first. So one of the things I do to occupy my time is I practice just a fuck ton of ceremonial magic. It's a lot of meditation. It's a lot of weird work all the time. And in fact, there's a, the most recent esoterica common stri- comic strip at the end was like, yeah, uh, one of the things you can start doing is, you know, maybe not talk to angels for 12 hours a day. And then in response, the main character makes it like, all right, yeah, you're right. Let's reduce it to eight. <laughs> um, and that, that's kind of what ceremonial magic is like. You're in constant prayer, constant meditation, constantly refocusing and training your mind to fulfill your own will. And in my case, what I'm really focusing on here lately is balance and growth. And so when I'm doing this work, I am focused on growing victory for myself and asking to be equipped uh, with all that I need to be victorious. Uh, to grow my knowledge and wisdom, to have healing, both mentally and physically, to have power and strength and protection and be able to provide that protection to others, to have love and kindness and be able to provide that same love and kindness to others, uh, to increase wealth in my life in all aspects, not just monetarily, but I want to be wealthy in my relationships and, and in my emotions and just to have immense wealth. And focus my mind on things like weird wacky things too like divination and general focus and grounding so it's the whole gamut so I'm trying to like really really focus my mind in these meditative and and prayer focused practices and just be like this is the person you're building for the moment because this is what's going to help you get to that next state Um, especially the victory the wealth and the healing those three components that I'm kind of focusing myself on help me accomplish my goals and grow into the person that I'm trying to be and heal from the pain that I'm dealing with. So, you know, when I'm, I say when I get home at the end of the day, I'm already here working from home during the week. So it's like right at five or six o'clock, whenever I end my day formally, I, I'm idling again until the next work day. And if it's on the weekend or if I go out in an evening or something like that, I still come home. So it's like, at least with work, I have something to focus my attention on. But without that, it, it, the rest of the day, it's so much time. People who sleep <laughs> don't really have to deal with that because they can get off of work. They only have to kill like three or four hours and they can go to bed if they want to or they can go to bed a little earlier if they want to. Uh, last episode, I talked about my insomnia briefly. And uh, yeah, so I've not afforded that luxury. So I, I spend my time in other ways. And this the whole ceremonial magic thing is one of the more positive ways I choose to spend my time. But at the end of that, uh, the perspective I have when I view my home is I view it as a sacred space. A lot of the work I do is very cleansing. It's very focused. It's very, a lot of visualizations. So trying to represent my space as essentially just a, a sacred temple of sorts. And the fact that I can just create that out of my own will, out of my own energy and view and change my perspective on how I view my surroundings is powerful because now instead of looking around at everything and feeling uh, just exasperated at how alone it feels, I can take a brief moment and be like, man, look at all that, that positive energy that you just worked up within yourself. Look at how that changed your space. Cause part of cleansing is also physically cleaning. So I make sure my home is clean and uh, smells good and all that kind of stuff. So I can walk into rooms and just look at the light, look at the spaciousness admire the smells, admire the sounds. And that does make living in my space so much better in a very significant way. But 
it doesn't quite take away the loneliness because even though I'm able to admire all that hard work, um, that's a very brief admiration. It doesn't last. It, it's I admire it and I get to enjoy it very briefly. And then it's back into realizing that I'm standing in the middle of my study room and it is two o'clock in the morning and I am all by myself. And I don't know what I'm going to do for the next six hours until I have to, you know, go to work or whatever. It's, it's very, it's a very brief moment of reprieve in those, in those times. And when I don't do that, which is rare, I usually have, I, I do da- dailies. So whenever I do my dailies, as we call them, um, I usually get that kind of positive growth and feedback out of it. Um, so it's usually never that I don't do it, but occasionally when I don't have a chance to do it, um, then it's even worse because I don't have a chance to refocus my brain and truly admire my own home and enjoy my own home. Um, instead, it just jumps right into, oh my God, what am I going to do? Um, and it's not rational. None of it's rational. I think that's the most frustrating thing because as, as I'm trying to explain all this, I... I can't seem to even call out what the problem is, right? What's wrong with being by yourself? Some people actually prefer it. And as somebody who operates very independently, sometimes I prefer it. So it's not that loneliness is like a bad thing by any means. Um, It's just something that can be a dangerous default, I guess. Um, And for me when i don't want to be alone when i don't want that independence and space when the moments are there and the thoughts come up where i would like somebody to give a shit about me i think is what it what it comes down to but it's not always bad to be alone it's actually good to be comfortable with your loneliness and i just happen to not be comfortable with it at some times and I wish I could be, but I think some of it's practical. I, you know, I say, say it's not logical. Some of it is practical. You know, one of the practical things is I am physically alone. <laughs> you know, if you had people around, well, you've at least annihilated one variable. It's not a physical response now. Now you can decide uh, what emotional aspects are making feel alone. And then from there, you can kind of dissect, okay, is it a, a logical emotional response to something? Or is this just your your brain kind of going haywire and not responding to this environment or the scenario, uh, how maybe you would, would prefer it to. Um, so that's the kind of line that I'm having to, to draw for myself is just realizing, say, Hey man, you feel lonely. That's cause you're physically fucking alone. Okay. All right. That's okay. It's okay to be alone right now and feel lonely because that's exactly what's happening. And usually when I can, you know, have that moment of realization, I'm just like, Oh yeah. I am, I am in the state and it's just kind of what it is. And I'll be not alone physically forever. Like I'll be able to go out and see some friends this week, or I'll be able to invite people over at some point. So it's like, you know, I can temporarily resolve that side of things. Most of the time, what I can't resolve is, um, the emotional weight, not, not easily. Um, uh, I don't think it's an impossible thing to solve. But I also don't have the answers here. So here's what I'm kind of experiencing, right? Um, the number one thing that I've noticed with myself is I will constantly be, uh, I'm not even sure what the right word is. I guess I turn into a pile of mush. I get really emotional uh, in a very sappy way, like a very uh, 
sad, loving kind of way. Whenever people in my life ask about me, um, because that doesn't really happen. You know, people in my life will casually ask me things like, you know, how did work go? Or you got plans this weekend or anything like that. But they won't actually ask me anything like, hey, how are you feeling? How's that thing that you're working on going? You know, maybe how's your book? How's your podcast? How's your uh, your achievements at work? Not just a general how's work going or how are your relationships going? How How is how are things with that girl you like? How are things with those friends that you were talking to? Nobody really does that for me. But recently, um, two of my friends, Abby and Joe, have been really uh, paying a lot closer attention to, to me. And I haven't had that in my life in a very long time. And, you know, it was funny. I threw a party for, for Echo um, the other day, which I probably should have started with that. Everybody say happy birthday to Echo. He's the reason this podcast exists. <laughs> his birthday was actually last month but we threw a big party for him this weekend because i just simply didn't have time to last month and you know he didn't know the difference he's a smart boy but he ain't that smart um and he uh i threw this party uh we all went out to eat first and then everybody came out for an after party and i got stupid drunk right um and this is this is a happy story overall but it, in my mind when i rethink it i have a, a different perspective on it so I drank too much and got to the point where I was sloppy, right? So I was I was home safe. It was at my house. So I didn't really care too much. And I don't get embarrassed at that kind of thing as long as I'm not like causing harm or problem. Like, like oh man, I, I threw up and I was acting weird, you know? And yeah, because I'm drunk at a party. I'm allowed to be drunk at my own parties. I'm allowed to drink a little too much. I need to be careful and take care of myself. But if it happens once in a while, it happens. It's not anything to be ashamed of and embarrassed about. So I don't really have a problem with that. My problem is people have not been around me in my darker states. A lot of times the people that I party and hang out with, uh, especially new people in my life, don't realize that I've used tools like drugs and alcohol before in dark moments to sedate pain and have gone to really bad places with that and uh fortunately never formed any weird problems like we've talked about before but um at the same time i have formed a state of mind where i don't really care about myself um and most of that's like the depression talking because i don't mean it in like a um i don't matter i just mean uh well part of that is the depression but that's not what i'm talking about today uh what i mean is that if i am not doing okay I don't really care that I'm not doing okay because I don't expect anybody to come to my rescue. So what will happen a lot of times is I'm so used to nobody being there to ask if I'm okay that the moment that somebody's like, hey man, you okay? Do you need anything? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm all good. Uh, uh, Don't worry about it. And most of those friends will do nothing, which I expect nothing less. I told them that I was okay. That's not their fault. Um, But a lot of these new friends seem to be more assertive with how they approach these situations and not in ways that cross boundaries or anything. In fact, most of them don't even really know what some of my boundaries are because I haven't told them because they haven't crossed them at all. In fact, uh, that's just kind of how I operate. Everybody can cross a boundary of mine at least once. How else am I supposed to know 
to communicate it to them. I'm not just going to bring up arbitrary trauma and boundaries to people. No, if you step on my toes once, I'm going to say, hey, man, Al, that really hurt. Please don't do that again. But I'm not going to cut you off. I'm not going to blackball you or anything like that. I'm just going to communicate my boundary and we're going to move on from there. You cross it again. Now that's kind of on you. Right. So that's that's how I operate. So these friends are a little bit more assertive with being like, hey, um, no, seriously, are you okay? I brought you water anyway. Do you want me to sit with you? Do you need anything? And even when I would say no, they would still sit down and and then they would reframe their questions. They would be like, can I sit with you and rub your back? Not do I need them to? Because if I if they're asking about my needs, I think they're realizing if, if they ask me what I need or what I want, I'm going to be Mr. Stonewall. Uh, I got this. I take care of myself. I'm independent, even though I'm fucked up on my couch laying sideways and can't move. Uh, they'll, they are kind of re- learning to rephrase the questions a little bit on their own and be like, can I be with you? Can I rub your back? Can I talk to you? Not rather than asking me if I want them to, because when they do that and they ask if they can, I want them to do what they want to do. <laughs> it's so back ass words. And so I want them to be able to, to provide that for me because it seems like what they genuinely want. And so when they do that's when I kind of feel a connection to those people. It's like, oh, you actually wanted to reach out and do this for me. And that's a very important highlight and story because that is ultimately why I feel so lonely most of the times. It's it's because I don't feel like anybody cares for me the way I care for them. So this change in restructuring that I'm currently going through in my life is seeing a lot of that shift where people are actively reaching out and trying to spend time with me and trying to ask about me and learn about me and grow with me. Um, And it's a beautiful thing. And it's something I need more of, honestly. I think that is something that will help me feel so much less alone. It doesn't solve the physical loneliness. You know, it doesn't create that smiling, ethereal face that I would want to come home to of whatever the hell that's supposed to be. Um, But it does provide the sense that I am cared for and somebody actually has my back. I don't have to do this by myself every single time. And it's very hard. Um, I have a friend of mine that I'm actually helping and she is just like me. Uh, She's very averse to help. And so I'm paying close attention to how these people are breaking through to me and using the same techniques (laughs) basically on her and being like, Hey, you know, I want to help you. You're not hurting me. You are not a burden. You do not do anything wrong. You're just in a really shitty situation and you need some help. So I know you're not going to ask for some help. So here's when I'm available to help you. Here's how I can help. Here's what I want to do for you. Here's what I want to see for you. And you owe me jack shit, man. I am here for you because you deserve it and you need it. And it's only because other people are slowly beginning to do that for me that I'm figuring that out to a higher degree because, you know, I'm already somebody who will go out of the way and help people anyway, but different people are different. Some people will take, take, take all the energy you want to give, and I'm used to that. Uh, Some people don't want shit from you. I'm used to that. Some people do want something from you, but don't know how to ask or are too scared or have some other blockage, and that's where a lot of variables come into play. So those are the situations I have to navigate to be able to execute the kind of love and care that I give on a consistent level. Um, so I'm not quite receiving still the level of love and care that I feel I give out to the world and the others, but it's better than having nothing. 
because I'm used to nothing at all. Um, it's very lonely and very painful. So I'm, I'm very appreciative to these new experiences and, and things that I've learned that have helped me to feel a little less alone. Um, and obviously it doesn't help with everything. Like I still have depression to deal with. Um, and that, that comes with the disassociating, which I still do very often. Like I'll be alone even when I'm surrounded by tons of people and all that kind of stuff that I've talked about before. Um, and the bigger thing it doesn't help with are physical issues. So this is something that I both pride myself on, but I also step back sometimes and take a look in the mirror and be like, man, that was fucking scary. Like the other week I got up one morning and was coughing up blood and I was like, okay, why is that happening? That's not good. And in those kind of moments, you have to decide, do I rush myself to the hospital? Do I call somebody? Okay. If I call somebody, who do I call? Um, am I okay? Is it too late for me to do anything? Uh, and I have to rush through all those. I have to really quickly assess myself and figure out, am I okay? Can I fucking handle this as an independent individual? Now, fortunately, in this case, it wasn't all that serious at all. I just simply smoked too much. Uh, usually, I never smoke that much, but uh, my friend had some dabs, and it was uh, time to, to hit some dabs. And I don't normally do that, and those are harsh as fuck on your throat. I actually don't like doing them, and I probably won't do them very often. Um, but I had, I had done that too frequently, and... Uh, my, my little bitch baby throat couldn't handle it. Um, but seriously, no, that kind of stuff really is harsh on, on your throat and you have to be careful. So simply chilling out on all smoking for the next couple of days, it's perfectly fine. In fact, I only had coughed up blood that one day cause it was the direct aftermath of not taking care of myself, but everything else is fine. Um, and that's the kind of stuff I have to assess because I have been through so much worse where I didn't take proper care of myself and I got through it and survived, but had I had a little help. It wouldn't end up that way. I have to always think about when I throw up or when I feel sick or when I get sore or uh, get a scrape or, you know, and, and I'm not talking about like little kid injuries. I, I get some pretty serious injuries from time to time and I'm not accident prone or, or anything like that. I take generally good care of myself, but in moments of severity and criticality, those are the moments where I'm alone and as helpful as my dogs are and as beautiful and smart as they are, neither of them can drive me to an emergency room. <laughs> you know, at best they can bring me a phone to call somebody if I can even get them to do that. They're, they're not quite that well-trained. So it's in those kind of moments. Those are moments that we all have. Those moments of critical severity where we have to make a decision. What's different about it for me in my own personal experience is that um, I have to make the decisions on my own almost 100% of the time. And what that reminds me of is how alone I am, how nobody really cared that I wasn't well. In fact, nobody's ever going to really find out unless they listen to the podcast or they happen to ask me about my health. But that's that's the thing. Nobody asks. Nobody asks about me. Um, and I don't really know what to call that feeling. Sometimes people want attention. Sometimes they want a spotlight. Um, I think for me, it's, it's not to do with any of that. Cause I like my space. I like to be alone from time to time and I don't really care about validation from other people, but I do want to be loved. And so really what it comes down to is I don't feel like I'm getting the love that I need in my life and that results in loneliness. And I don't know 
where that starts and stops. I don't know what the best solutions are for that. And what I'm working on right now is the same thing I keep harping on over the last couple episodes, especially is loving myself because it would be beautifully amazing, still lonely, but beautifully amazing if I could at least fill myself up with so much love just for me and so much appreciation and respect for me that I didn't really need love from other people, that I didn't really feel like that was a source that could provide me any more benefit other than you know, the practicality of being physically alone, having social interactions. That, I believe, would be the only other thing that could get solved there. But it doesn't really matter where the love is coming from if I'm just not getting enough in general. So whether that's the answer is me growing that even more or whether that is growing my friendships and, and my social relationships and my romantic relationships, you know, all of those could be valid paths, but none of them will happen overnight. So... One last thing I kind of want to share in this regard in talking about self-love and self-respect is recently I did a couple of very powerful things. So I first got a tattoo for myself while I was on vacation uh, and I put this tattoo on my side. And the reason I placed it there was very intentional. You know, the tattoo itself, it is the Ouroboros snake uh, and inside is the, the thalamic a universal hexagram with another snake on. It's a really cool design. It's a very beautiful tattoo. Artist did an amazing job with it. But I put it on my side specifically as a permanent way to acknowledge my body dysmorphia. To say, hey, when you look at yourself from now on, when you look at your sides and your stomach, and, you know, place close to that area. So when you look at that, you need to acknowledge how beautiful your skin is. And be comfortable with how your body looks because frankly i just don't show myself enough love in that aspect and i know i don't look bad i get compliments not regularly but often enough um especially here lately with all these new people really encouraging this battle that i have against my own view of myself um and i see all the hard work i put in through working out and, and eating right and all that kind of stuff and taking care of my body there's no reason for me to loathe it that much. Um, but it's it's not a logical thing. It's the dysmorphia. So that tattoo serves as a symbolic reminder, a very powerful symbolic reminder, not only of what the Ouroboros itself represents in terms of you know <clears throat> this idea of breaking through the ego and kind of ascending into your true will and, and doing your thing. It does represent all that, but specifically as a symbol in breaking through my mental health issues as well and really dedicating myself to fighting back. So that that has been a major stride in my mental health improvement in that regard. So I did that. And then in terms of loneliness and love, uh, I started writing those love notes. And I haven't read them yet. I'm going to take them to therapy for the first time tomorrow. I've only written two. Maybe I'll write one more tonight. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, but I totally forgot what I wrote, which is like 90% of the point. You write down something very heartfelt, meaningful, uh, and what I found is fortunately I have, uh, I got a little crush I can muse on. Um, so I think about how I feel about that person, but I'm able to shift that perspective. It's okay. I think of all these nice things about them. So I'm going to say them, but now I'm going to direct it more personal, more to myself. I can be a little bit deeper because I'm not just crushing on somebody random. I'm talking to me. But at the same time, I am building a relationship with myself that's new, that's more loving, that's more kind. So I am kind of easy on myself. I don't I don't try to scare myself. I don't go too deep or too emotional, but I do 
show all the same appreciation, love, and respect that I would show for somebody that I'm admiring while taking it to the degree of acknowledging you already kind of know this person. This is you, right? You're writing these notes to yourself. So I write all that stuff down and then fold it up and I forget about it. So tomorrow when I read them, uh, hopefully I'll cry in a good way. So that kind of stuff, doing those activities and seeing all my goals succeed in, in a lot of these realms has uh, garnered a major milestone. I've earned my own self-respect through fighting back against my body dysmorphia, through taking the actions that I've learned through doing shadow work and, and you know working with my friends and other people, through doing the practical things with therapy type exercises and writing love notes. All that kind of stuff has brought me to a level where I still can't confidently say I love myself, but I sure as hell respect myself because I am powerful. I am able to take this power that I'm creating and fight back against some of the hardest things that I ever have to overcome because frankly, what, what I call out all the time is it's, it's medical. It's, it's, a, it's an issue. It's a chemical imbalance in my own head. It's not logical. It doesn't have a clear cut solution. It's not going to be easy. So being able to kind of will my way around some of these things uh, just out of the sheer force of my own being uh, is amazingly powerful. And I respect myself for that, the effort and energy I put in. And I have earned that. And I'm confident saying that I respect myself and I deserve my own respect. So that's a huge stride. Um, it doesn't f- solve the loneliness. It doesn't cure everything. But progress is progress. And that's why I'm sharing these experiences just with the world. Because um, it doesn't help me to sit here and talk about it. And I'm not working on myself by sitting here and talking about it. But what it hopefully does is give you ideas of things to try. And, and see that there are other people struggling with similar things which i hope you're not struggling with the same things i do that i don't wish that on anybody but if you are i hope this helps to some extent um that's all i really wanted to talk about today i'm sorry i don't have a cure for loneliness that's you know that's not how this works that's not how any of this works um but i do want to encourage the fight for loving ourselves i do want to encourage the, the fight for respecting ourselves because you deserve love and you deserve respect and you do deserve it from other people but you definitely deserve it from yourself if you deserve it from other people and everybody deserves love and respect from other people if that's true then duh you deserve it from yourself um but oftentimes what's funny is you know we can rationalize our way around not deserving it from other people maybe we think we're a bad person maybe we objectively are a bad person i'm not saying everybody's good even though everybody deserves love and respect but you know world's weird um But what I am saying is even if you can rationalize an excuse for why you don't deserve it externally, even people who don't deserve it externally do still deserve to love and respect themselves because a lot of times if they're not deserving of it externally, which I mean, I don't know who everybody's harbinger of judgment and, and morals and crap is. So, you know, that's all subjective anyway. But even if you feel that way, uh, you still deserve to love yourself. In fact, that's probably probably the problem why you don't feel like you deserve it from other people is you haven't started loving yourself first. So I'm here to tell you that you do deserve to love and respect yourself. And I'm also here to tell you that it's hard and I don't currently love myself, but I just learned how to respect myself. So um, yeah, it's not easy. It's not going to come overnight, but keep fighting because you do deserve it. You know, the, the fight is going to be successful because of the sheer fact that you deserve it. Um, but it, it takes work takes a lot of hard work. Everything I talk about always takes work. And that's where people fail. They don't put in the work. And that's because the work is hard. 
And it's also because the work isn't clear cut. There's no, when I described the work, not ever talking about this one size fits all shoe of a path, uh, that just kind of like, yeah, you do these 10 steps and you, you succeed. It's like, no, I'm the reason I'm doing a bunch of weird shit is because I don't know what, what actually gets the work done, but it is work I'm putting in. And in my case, it is working out in a lot of ways, but I still have to try new things. It's not one clear cut path and I don't think it ever will be. And what I'm doing isn't going to work for you necessarily. Hopefully some of the stuff does, but we're all individuals and I don't know. I have a million reminders and one to share positivity and love with you. And, and that's all I want to do. But if I'm going to sit here and ramble on, this is going to be a never ending podcast. So remember you deserve love and respect. You deserve support and you are a beautiful human being and I don't know you and I can say that and I'm pretty confident about it because everybody radiates light and energy and we're not always the best of people all the time, but we can be and just the simple fact that we can be that that potential exists means that you are that you just have to now choose how you respond to your environment and how you act. Um, so yeah. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and got to know me a little bit more. Please keep in mind all the social media stuff. Share this podcast episode if you enjoyed it. And um, here's just a quick uh, goodbye and sign off from Echo. That was him. See y'all.